Hello, I'm Chip Alexandru, and in this episode, I discuss again the topic of customer service and sales supported by AI, this time from the angle of finding the best pairing between customer and agent. My guest today is Cecilia Bragiotti, SVP and Head of Growth at Affinity. Affinity uses AI to implement at scale the simple insight that we buy from customers we like, as you will hear Cecilia later explaining. Affinity matches customers with available agents based on analyzing available information about customers calling and available agents to predict which pairing has the highest probability of a successful outcome. This allows for near instantaneous, better connections to be made. What is really unique about Affinity is its business model and technical implementation. No upfront fees and charging only for a share of the value generated. This generates amazingly high ROIs and explains Affinity's growth and happy customers. A simple, powerful idea beautifully implemented. We'll let Cecilia introduce herself and Affinity. We'll be back with my three takeaways. I'm talking to Cecilia Bragiotti, SVP and Head of Growth at uh, Affinity. Affinity uses AI to identify patterns of human interaction to help pair customers and employees better in customer center interactions. We'll discuss how and why this better pairing drives a significant value. But first, Cecilia, thank you for joining. Please introduce yourself and Affinity. Hi, Chip. Thanks for having me. I'm Italian, 30 years old. I lived a bit everywhere in the past 10 years from Singapore, Brazil, lots of Europe, now in the US. My accent always stayed in Italy, as you can wonder. I had a very traditional, professional and academic background. I studied classics, so ancient Greek and Latin, and then moved into McKinsey, into private equity edge fund and landed at Dior because I was very keen on luxury investment. So very different start. During my MBA at INSEAD, I uncovered my passion for entrepreneurship and technology. I realized I really enjoyed to build and grow something. And that's where I met Affinity. And I decided to join this adventure. It was a rational adventure. The company already had a working product, was revenue generating. At the time, we were 300 people and we're now over 1,000. I start by opening the Italian market. Then I opened Turkey, and now I'm head of growth globally with a particular focus on U.S. healthcare. Great. So how did Affinity get to this insight that data and AI could help generate a better match between agents and customers than existing options, and that this would ultimately drive value? The intuition behind Affinity is quite simple. We buy from people we like. We see that in retail a lot. You know, I wake up in the morning, and I'm going to go get my coffee in the bar where you don't know, have a good conversation with a bartender. Or if you think about, you go to your friends for a dinner and sometimes you will have a person on your right with whom you're going to talk a lot. And at the end of the dinner, you're going to be very satisfied. You would have wanted to stay there for hours. And maybe someone on the left to whom you're going to politely talk with, but you know, you finish the dinner and you don't really get anything much out of it. So we realize not only we buy from people we like, but also were way more satisfied after a nice interaction. So Affinity took this concept and brought it into the contact center environment. We were the first company to use AI 
to predict color and agent behavior in a contact center environment, and also the first company to take control of automated call distribution. So how does Affinity actually work? What type of information about the two parties, the agent and the customer, and the outcome is needed to predict a better match and a better outcome? So we use proprietary data transformation, AI, and linear programming to create models that catch pattern of success between a customer and an agent. And we do that in a dynamic real-time environment. Let's take an example. A customer wants to call their telecom provider. So they're going to call in because they want to renew their plan. The call arrives on their telephony and there will be an avoir that will direct the customer to the right agent pool who can answer this question. So this may be a customer who wants to renew. At this point, what usually happens is when an agent becomes available, is going to speak with the longest waiting customer. We refer this as FIFO, first in, first out. The longest waiting agent speaks with the longest waiting customer. With Affinity, when an agent becomes available, we look at the agent characteristics, we look at all the customer in queue, and we do a sort of desequencing. So maybe we're going to match the first agent available with the third customer in line. We do this because we believe these two people will have a better affinity and a more successful interaction. How do we do that? We use data. There is four main source of data we're going to use. The first one is the telephony or switch data. You know, what time did the call arrive? How long was it waiting? What was the duration of the call? which number it dials on the IVR. All of this is useful information. Then we use outcome data. So what happened in this call? You know, the customer hanged out, the customer decided to buy a product, the customer decided to leave. So we try to define the success or failure of the call. Then we look at contextual data. If this is a customer, we would have a lot of information. We will leverage on the CRM to understand what is the relationship with the provider? How often does customer interact with the provider? Which channels do you use? Which product? And so on and so forth. If this is a prospect, we usually rely on external databases. We can look at census, we can look at experience or island. Last, we need to have a very deep understanding of the operational environment in which this agent works. We put all of this information together we look for pattern of success and we try to predict which agent and caller have the highest chance of success. This, I made an inbound example. This works exactly in the same way for outbound. So in outbound, as soon as the call gets connected to the customer, I'm going to look at the agents available and pick the agent who's going to be best fit to talk with this customer. Yeah, this is, this is very clear. So as we touched on the data topic, there are usually several potential concerns regarding use of data, especially in an enterprise setting. It starts with privacy, security, but then also more recent concerns such as avoiding bias and even providing explainability of results. So what is Affinity's approach to data and its use? I think, first of all, we don't really care about the actual data, but we look for differences in data we can exploit to get to success. So the reality is, you know, 
one customer we call from mobile, one from landline. What I need to know is these two customers have two different behaviors. Having said that, data security and integrity, of course, is the core of our business. Our business will not be there if we would have any breach of any sort. What we do is we work within our client ecosystem. Our data stays behind the client's firewall and never leave their physical premise. When we implement with a customer, we're usually going to send some servers in their data center and the customer will put some data in there. This data never leaves, is always going to stay there. Obviously, we're fully compliant with all the GDPR, iOS, and any other data regulation. Let's move on to how does Affinity measure results and what is its compensation model? The Affinity model is a zero-risk, zero-investment, pay-for-performance model. Affinity will make the initial investment to start working with their client. We like this to be a partnership. So our client do not pay for installation, hardware, software, or any maintenance or professional service fee. The reason we do that is we strongly believe in the results we're going to generate and a long-term partnership. How we can be paid in performance. We are going to switch on and off our system at regular intervals. So every day, we're going to be on for 15 minutes and off for five, on for 15, off for five, and so on. So when we're on, we are the one deciding the matching customer agent. When we're off, we go back to the as-is state, and our client will do whatever it was doing before us. At the end of the month, we measure the difference between on and off. Let's say this is a retention queue, and we're going to see that while on, we would retain 80% of the customer, and when off, we would retain 79% of the customer. This 1% is the incremental value we deliver, and we're going to get a commission of these incremental clients delivered. This measurement methodology is very important to us, first because it allows our model to keep learning. We use the off-cycle to fine-tune our models and make sure we capture any changes in the environment. The second reason why this is very important is because our clients are dynamic. They, they will always make improvement. And plus, you know, a competitor might enter the market. They will be exogenous factor. But having a continuous benchmarking, we can guarantee our client to measure just the incremental impact delivered by us regardless of an exogenous factor. And the third reason is that's our commercial model. So we get a share of the incremental we deliver. Historically, we delivered approximately 5% revenue optimization for our clients, which in practice translates into about 100 million in recurring annual value to them. For our largest enterprise, this go, amounts to over a billion in value. This is impressive. Are there any challenges to implement this on and off models? I'm, I'm thinking here, are there um, any clients that actually look at this and say, yeah, but now we are using 75% uh, a solution that proves value over and over and 25% uh, a solution that we know it's the suboptimum? The reality is we need the off cycle also for our model to be trained. For very large clients, we can push the on percentage up to 90% which is very close to being always on, but we need the off cycle to tune our models. And also we want to make sure 
that we deliver value. That's at the heart of our mission. Yeah, I think it's anyway a great problem to have. Uh, yes. now, moving on to customers. So what type of customers use Affinity and could you share some success stories? Our customers are usually enterprises with a very large customer base and that performs value-add activities over the phone channel. Our DNA is in telecommunication. We work with 74% of TM team companies globally, and we cover basically any vertical. So we work in healthcare, insurance, utilities, financial services, travel and hospitality. We serve some of the largest and most complex enterprises from AT&T, China Mobile, United Health Group, Santander, AXA, Wyndham, Telecom Italia, and so we really work with the largest enterprises across verticals. I'd like to give an example in healthcare, which has become particularly relevant in terms of COVID relatively. If you think about US healthcare, the goal of the large national payers is to grow their business and to improve the medical outcomes for the member. When Affinity go into an healthcare companies, we take exactly the same approach. So there is two areas where we have helped. One is driving more involvement. That's our bread and butter. That's a sales queue. And for this client in particular, we generated 6% increase in membership enrollment every year. The second thing we can do is to help payers using every interaction with their member as an opportunity to improve the health outcomes. This is very huge benefit because first of all, if you can speak with your member and make sure your member have their checkup frequently, you're gonna prevent more expensive intervention later on. So this has a cost reduction impact as a revenue side because you're gonna improve outcomes. And also by doing that, this is US specific, you're gonna improve your plan rating, which will result in higher bonuses and also better marketability for your plan. So let's say a customer would call in for any request, then we're going to use this opportunity to identify if there is any healthcare treatment lacking. We refer this in gaps in care and try to close this gap in care. We saw a 16% reduction in gaps or a 16% increase in gaps closure. By doing that, we brought to this client over 120 million each year and the overall potential is around 400 million. So we're still into deployment. Cecilia, you mentioned the companies and even examples that span the globe. So this would cover many languages. Are we able to cover any language? Are you language agnostic or there is some training required and some customization to handle additional languages? We are language agnostic. So obviously the client facing team would need to speak the right language to understand where is the data and what data is used for but our AI model are sector and language agnostic. There would be some interesting learnings that we develop over time. We don't really rely on listening to the call or this kind of data. If some customer have this data, and this would be an addition to our model, but it's not needed. So how do companies work with the Affinity? How does an implementation look like? So the first thing we'd like to do is to validate the business case. We only want to engage with our client if we believe we can bring substantial value. After us and the client are convinced there is an opportunity, 
we would need to spend a couple of days with the business data and finance team to understand what exactly you would like to optimize. It's very important to choose an optimization metric that is correlated to the business goal and the KPIs of our client. Once this is done, we're going to start the technical implementation, which happens only once. This requires approximately 300 hours of work from data, telephony, and infrastructure teams. We try to make our integration as smooth as possible. And indeed, we partner with most of the telephony partners, Avaya, Huawei, Cisco, Genesis. With some of them, we're native, which means there is no work to be done. The majority of the work will happen on the data side to understand where is the data and what's the most important meaning. Now, any AI system requires, in addition to data and also adding, in addition to any system integration, there is a learning process and also a learning time. How long does it take for the system to learn and deliver results uh, in for a client-specific situation? I would say four to eight weeks. To be more precise, when we start, we're going to already have some AI models, which we build looking at historical data. Then after go live, we're going to use four to eight weeks to train and update the model. And after that, results should be pretty stable. So staying in the same uh, topic of uh, implementation, customer centers uh, became in the, in the past few years extremely efficient operations as they try to best match limited resources with uh, what it is, especially today, increasing demands. So how do you make sure that uh, you ensure smooth call center operations and ultimately customer satisfaction? One metric which is very important for customer care operation is the average waiting time and other SLA. We ensure to always keep this metric unchanged. And we can put some boundaries to our model to ensure if there is any particular constraint or decision to make sure we respect this. What we will see is like the waiting time will be slightly flatter curve. So a few customers will wait a bit more. Some customers will wait a bit less. The average is unchanged and we can put constraint on the tail of this curve to make sure we never go above any SLAs. On the customer satisfaction point of view, as a result of affinity, both customer satisfaction and agent satisfaction will raise. And this goes back to my initial point that people will have a more pleasant conversation, so they're going to be after in the end. Cecilia, as we are reaching the end, the final question. We talked about using AI to generate concrete value in an area that previously was considered soft or difficult to measure, such as human interaction. Do you see similar approaches being used beyond the interactions with customers in customer centers, perhaps in other type of internal interactions or even activities, team building, recruiting, staffing? Yes, you should see Affinity as a tool to assign the task to the employee. And in that case, the task could be picking up the phone or answering a call. We already work in other scenarios. So in the healthcare example, we are optimizing which nurse will go and visit a particular member. Also, we're working in retail. Let's say telephone company customer will work into a retail store, who will be the shop assistant who's going to serve him. 
I see affinity in the world of matching and this today mostly happen over the phone. We could do it over the chat. We could do it in retail and we could do it offline. So think about UPS. Is there a better way to make the route to make sure there is more efficient interaction? Think about when you go and make some repairs at home, maybe one technician will have a better interaction with this type of customer than the other one. We're really in the business of making sure an employee has the task which is most appropriate for him. Thank you very much uh, for the time and very insightful uh, comments. Thank you so much, Chief. It was a pleasure. Let's wrap it up with my three takeaways. Number one, simple insights are powerful when implemented through systems that identify value drivers, capture and analyze data, and allow continuous testing and validation. Not many companies are able to hardcode in their systems and actions and prove with data simple ideas such as happy customers buy more. This makes Affinity's implementation of we buy from people we like beautiful and powerful. Number two. The strong proof of value generated allows for near-infinite return on investment, given no upfront fees and only a success-based component. This is good business and a sticky business model, especially in a time when upfront fees and subscription-based models are scrutinized for nice-to-haves but not a must. Number three, applications of Affinity's AI pairing technology beyond customer service and sales are possible in other types of interactions and industries where best matching could bring value. It is exciting to see what's next for Affinity. 